This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Favorites Podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more during the Super Bowl than with FanDuel. And new users can bet $5 to win $280 in cash on either team to win. I love FanDuel because it offers great promos for both new users and existing users like me with an app that's safe, secure, and easy to use. Plus, I love combining multiple bets from the same game to build same game parlays. So if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and sign up with promo code FAVORITES so they know I sent you. You must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Louisiana. New users only, $10 first deposit required, must wager in designated offer market, max bonus $280. Bonus for Tennessee users fulfilled in site credit within 72 hours. Tennessee site credit expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. I'm Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. We're 16 hours removed from an epic, incredible, intense, glorious Rams, Bengals, Super Bowl. Rams won 23-20. The final spread was four. The total was 48 and a half. My BFF, my companion, my compadre, the man I want in a foxhole, especially when it comes to betting on the NFL, professional better, Simon Hunter. Dude. Matt Mitchell, hit that music, my guy. Chad, buddy, what a way to end it. We fucking crushed. Crushed. This is the quietest my Twitter feed's been with haters all season. I mean, it's no joke. I look back through our record, buddy. You technically only had two losing weeks because you went with Cincy last week. We've only had three losing weeks since the first week of November. It's February 14th. Three losing weeks out of uh, 17 weeks, 16 weeks. Buddy, it's been a hell of a way to close out this year and just a, it, just an amazing season. The playoffs especially have been bonkers. We've been especially, I don't want to say hot. I hate when betters talk about being on cold streaks, being on hot streaks. It feels amateurish, honestly. <laughs> it just does. Like you're being more consistent. If you're making the right decisions every single week, then it all evens out. You're never going to win 70%. You're not going to lose 70%. If you make the right decisions, 
you're going to win like 53 to 60% of the time. That's what's supposed to happen if you are thinking about markets, if you are thinking about underdogs, if you are thinking about systems, there's a reason why some people do it consistently, right? And those last, say, since November, but then during the playoffs especially, holy fuck, did we just nail it. And, um, you know, I bet 11 props, 11, I made 11 bets yesterday. I went eight and three. Um, I lost the Stafford under five and a half rushing yards, which could be regraded. We're going to talk about that. Uh, for those who weren't paying attention, Stafford had seven rushing yards. And on the last play of the game was a kneel down. It looked like he kneeled down two yards back, but he never handed the ball to the ref. So it didn't get placed. So he's officially graded as one. Some books are beginning to talk about offering refunds on that bet um, or grading it as a, as a win. Um, so that's still out there. I lost Joe Mixon over 24 and a half receiving yards and Cooper cup longest reception, 28 and a half. Um, but thanks to you, Simon, I won T Higgins over 70 and a half receiving yards. And I got to tell you first play from scrimmage coming out of halftime. I'm sitting with a buddy, his kid. I'm sitting with my kid. And I say, perfect time for T Higgins to go 75 and a touchdown. And he did it. The screaming that came out of my body, I almost like, I've, I don't think I've ever shown my kid that kind of emotion. Like literally up, up and down, jumping, yelling, all of us. I'm grabbing his face. I'm telling him how much I love him. Like it, was, just, eyes. it, it was a different kind of visceral feeling. And then of course, thanks to you uh, and convince me and uh, your favorite long shot bet being Odell Beckham Jr. First touchdown. Uh, anywhere from eight and a half to 10 to one. And then, you know, we both had the Bengals. I had a couple of Bengals bets. We had an under 24. I had a Joe Mixon to lead the game in rushing a plus 120. Um, just a glorious, glorious day. Yeah, buddy. I mean, it's like we talked before we came on the show. If um, Stafford, who was on the one, one yard line, if he would have ran that touchdown in, I mean, it, it would have been easily a six-figure day for me personally on top of what I won. And between the clients and this show, I mean, the fan base of this show, which we joke all the time how big this show has gotten, I could not believe when I logged on to a website we can't say, an app, and the line had moved from Stafford 150 to 1, two touchdowns, to 20 to 1, just because of the fans of this show. Again, no one else is telling people to bet that. This was the only show talking about it. So... That was like, I again, I know how big our show is, but just to see how much we can affect lines and stuff on the show was amazing. So that that Stafford one hurt just because you touched on it, Chad. I, I gave out Rams first half, minus two and a half, nailed it. Gave out the under. They missed the extra point. We, we made it by half a point, nailed it. Full game under, Bengals full game, four and a half. And it's a good feeling too when we talk literally after the AFC championship game or NFC championship game. So it's, what was that? 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or Sunday yeah. night. I'm out of it kind of, but even in my instincts, I was just like, this is an ugly a team that just plays ugly. Like the, the Bengals play ugly. We, we have to take these points. And even you were just like, yeah, we'll take this points and we'll break it down as the week goes along. So that was the rare time where the gut, that's what our gut already liked. And then we ran the numbers and it, it gave us the under gave us the side. And like you talk about this playoffs, my system has been, 
I mean, again, I'm, I'm, I am good at this, but it comes down to having a system. Like that's what, because people who watch the games, they not that they're full of shit, but you heard so many guys out there being like Rams by 14 Rams blowout. This matchup's terrible for the Bengals. And it's like, those are people that don't have systems. They just watch football and they're just like, no, nah, I know what I'm watching. I know what I see. It's like, no, you have to look at the numbers. So um, I think the final tally for me on sides, I believe it was 11 and four. And then on totals, I believe it was 12 and three. So just an incredibly profitable playoff run for me. And then like you touched on the props, man, that was like that Odell one was huge, but it's like, we joke all the time. You, you do these parlays and these different things in the Super Bowl, And like having a nine to one Odell parlayed with, you know, the Bengals four and a half that paid like 23 to one. If I'm betting a grand, it's 23 K right there. Did you bet a grand on that? Yeah. I mean, dude, everything. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, of course maybe, I did. Every little thing you could think of, it just adds up. Like I joked about that McPherson, him being my biggest bet over one and a half field goals. It was because I eventually counted up all these tickets. I'd been having runners bet and different things like that. I'm just like, wow, I have a stack here of like 40 bets on this kicker. And it's all going to be like, you know, a thousand to win 500, a thousand to win 750. It was like a ton of those bets. Cause again, they limit props. That's what sports books they were getting beat up. Like, again, we, we didn't even touch on it. Like, having a random punter miss the snap on that extra point, he ended up throwing that ball, that counted as a pass. So we'd already hit that stupid prop we had done, which I had thought about Odell doing the Philly special. A couple of plays later, Joe Mixon goes back, throws a touchdown to T. Higgins. We hit our uh, over two and a half passing touchdown passers, which is like 11 to one. So, again, we put in the time and the research. You got to get lucky. And we got very, very lucky uh, this past Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, what's interesting. You make all these bets. The other one we didn't talk about that Sean Kerner loved all week. Talked about it in the Palooza podcast that came out Monday of Super Bowl week. First one he talked about Kevin Huber over <laughs> 52 and a half yards for longest punt. And he looked terrible. That he looked team. terrible. And then uh, it was, I think, his last punt, second to last punt, or maybe yeah. first punt in the first half. And it's interesting, through the first half, or like even when after the T. Higgins play, I felt like so many of my bets, I was kind of trending in the right direction because I was heavy on the Bengals. Joe Mixon, Cam Akers couldn't do anything. Joe Mixon was having a really good game, so I was feeling good about that one. I didn't feel good about Cooper Cup, and I thought I had lost Stafford. So after T. Higgins, like, a lot of my sweats were over because right. I was invested in like a lot of things that already cashed, right? Or had no chance of doing it. Huber was the only one that I was waiting on. And I remember thinking, all right, I did the math in my head. When he kicked it, what was the line of scrimmage? Where the guy caught it, what was the line of scrimmage? I looked at my buddy's kid. My buddy's kid is 18, is a senior in high school. I looked at him like, and he was the only one in the room with me, like everyone else, because they weren't betting punter props yeah, had yeah. left the room. I'm like, dude, did he just kick it 54 yards? Did we just win our fucking punter prop? <laughs> and he's like, we won our punter prop. And we were jumping up and down screaming. And after that, like the rest of the game was gravy. It felt great. Like every combination, it's like we did get lucky and on the right side of things. And a lot of the things we needed happened early in the game. So we weren't sweating anything at the end yeah. of the game. And that was also funny too. It was like, don't you, people kept messaging me. Like, aren't you worried you're betting like chalky things where it's like, Again, I don't want to be braggadocious that we set the market, but it's like people listen to our shows. People are going to take things we say and talk about on their own shows or vice versa. It's like people are going to have the same idea. It's just one game. So a lot of people are going to be on the same stuff. 
sports books hang bad lines. It's like, there's nothing they can do. They have to take the money. They have to hang the number. They live and die with it. It's like, if Joe Burrow would have drove that field at the end of that game and scored a touchdown and the Bengals would have won outright and hit the over, I've seen some like bookmakers talk. That would have been like a 30 million, 40 million flip for them. Personally, that was, people can complain about that game. That was such a stars and scrubs game where it's like, Every guy in the world was on that T. Higgins, you know, over yards or over touchdowns prop. He got two touchdowns, 100 yards. Everyone was on Cooper Cup to get a touchdown. A lot of books said they had more money on him to score any time touchdown than either side of the spread. So I love how much gambling is growing because it's just changed so much. We're like that that number, I guarantee would have been seven, seven and a half a couple of years ago, like that Bengals number. But now because there's so many books and so many professionals doing this and just so many line movers, they can't take that big of a risk. Like that money line, they couldn't hang up, you know, if they would have hung a plus 300 on the Bengals in that game, they would have got swarmed with Bengals money because I just feel like the public's smarter to it at this point. So that was um, I know people are going to complain because it was kind of an ugly, sloppy, slow game. I loved it. I, I thought it had a really exciting moments all the stars showed up and as someone that bet the under and a dog, it's like, those are the games we dream about, like ugly, sloppy, stuck in the middle of the field, getting one yard runs with Cam Akers. Like it was just, it was just a really, really, really great game to bet on. I don't know why anyone would say it was a bad game to watch in any way. It was glorious. It was a great capper to the end of the playoffs. As we know, I am, Listen, I love love. I root for narratives. I love that Aaron Donald got a ring. I love that Eric Weddle got a ring. I love I love that Whitworth got a ring. Um, I, I love that OBJ got a ring. I love that Matthew Stafford got a ring. Like all these guys who I love that Von Miller got another ring. I love when teams go all in and say, fuck it, fuck anything else. We know how precious an opportunity we have is. You don't just keep perpetually building, building, building. Like, you got to fucking go for it. And they went for it and they put it all on the table and it worked. And I think that's an amazing story. I love that story. Something we've never seen in the history of football. They've done, they literally did something that no team has ever tried before. It's like not money ball, but it's NFL's kind of version of it, of stars and scrubs. Like, Obviously, you have to draft, right? You have to find arguably the best receiver ever, Cooper Cup, in the third round and use a first-round pick on Aaron Donald, who's arguably the best D-tackle ever played football. But they filled out that team right, and they had the coaching. And, yeah, Chad, you're right. It's like – it's – again, we might never see anything like this again, where Tom Brady moved to the Buccaneers, won a Super Bowl first year. Stafford moved to a new team in the LA Rams, won a Super Bowl. Um, but, again, we're – we're living in an era where uh, not not that I believe all the media hype beforehand, but we had rumors McVay was going to retire after this game. We had rumors that Aaron Donald was going to retire after this game. So it's like it's so much to even I'm, again, I'm not like I'm not trying to project out their future, but whatever happens after this point, say they both do retire worth it. The Rams like who cares? Like teams, we talk about Detroit Lions like they, you know, since the NFL has existed, no Super Bowl. All these different teams that have never won a Super Bowl. Again, we're going to talk about Cincy in a second here about heartbreak. But for the Rams, I 
I, I just am so happy that it worked out because I loved what they did. Like, I, I think one of the most overrated things is draft picks because you have to hit on the draft picks. Like, look at the first round picks they gave to the Jaguars and see who the Jaguars drafted with those picks for Ramsey. Again, Ramsey wasn't incredible last night, but he didn't make plays down the stretch that kind of flipped that game. So to, to me, it's um, it's going to be cool to see what happens in the next 10, 15 years, because I do think other teams are going to try to go after this model of if you hit one, if you hit on one or two of these, these draft picks on a superstar, you just go for it for the next like three, four year window. You, you literally you sell all you sell it all. You just go for it that on that little run. So I'm with you, Chad. I, I love that they, it worked out for the Rams team just because. It's something we've never seen before. You do have to get so lucky because, look, if Eli Apple, who was just getting, like, I didn't realize the animosity in the NFL towards Eli Apple. This morning, <laughs> like, Twitter feeds were being lit up with players just sort of trolling Eli Apple. He gave up the game-winning touchdown to Cooper Cup. Critical holding call. It was a great game, a clean game. And then in the last drive, it's almost like the look, a buddy of mine who doesn't watch the NFL stopped watching the NFL five years ago, texted me. He said, I'm watching this game because we, he and I caught up in the morning. He goes, I'm watching this game because you and I just spoke. He goes, I'm glad to see the fix is still in because like those calls at the end, after 59 minutes of not making any penalty calls. All of a sudden, three penalty calls when a team is driving inside the 10-yard line and they clearly are, are having a hard time. Like, I feel bad for Eli Apple. I didn't realize how much, like, people didn't like Eli Apple in the NFL. Yeah. I, honestly, like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be so negative about it and let it ruin it for me, but I get the Bengals fans really bitching about it because it's ridiculous. They were letting everything go that whole game. Like we saw way worse. I mean, way worse. We way, saw Jalen Ramsey literally nearly have his head taken off by yeah. T Higgins on that touchdown. Yeah. Which again, you could, it, it wasn't Vernon. Like he didn't mean to do it. Obviously. No, no, but still. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. It rules rules. So I, I hated it because it was such a bad call. Like if it was the right call, if he really did hold him, that was fair. My man's hands were just on him. He wasn't, there was no grip. There was no pulling or anything like that. It's the fourth quarter, final three minutes of a Super Bowl. All these guys have heavy legs. They're all exhausted. Like these refs all of a sudden calling it like it's super tight, where these guys' legs are just shot. Like you're, you're just seriously running on 10% at the end of the game. Like you've had a long day. Your emotions have been high the whole day. You had arguably one of the greatest halftime shows ever. And these refs are calling this in the final three minutes. It, I, I just don't want to be so angry about it because obviously it worked out for us. And who knows, but it, it's, it's the worst. But as someone that doesn't want to bitch about it, it's like Joe Burrow got the ball back with a minute 20, two timeouts. And they did, they, again, their Achilles Hill, the entire game was one yard. They, they just couldn't fourth and ones, third and ones. They, they blew it in multiple ways in that game. So I would love to hang my head on those penalties, but, they had the opportunity, they had the chances to make the plays, to come back, to win the game, and uh, they didn't. But, yeah, obviously, me and Chad, as fans of teams, I think anyone that has a real fan base rooted for Cincinnati. Like, that Super Bowl means a thousand times more to that city 
than it does to Los Angeles. Like, do you see people going crazy last night in Los Angeles, Chad? Do you see any clips of it? Haven't haven't heard of one, but I do know exactly. in Cincinnati, every kid is off of school today. Exactly, brother. So that's that's the heartbreak for me. And not only did I want to make money, but I love the Cincy storyline. And I want Cincinnati fans to remember this when I'm saying now how nice I'm being because I'm going to talk shit about your team for the next year. And I'm sorry, but that's just the gambler in me. Just know I loved your team. I loved the story. And it was truly one of the more magical runs I've ever seen. FanDuel Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And with FanDuel Same Game Parlays, you can turn little bets into big paydays. Tonight, I'm considering the New York Knicks money line, the over, and Julius Randle rebounds over. I love betting at FanDuel because I get my payouts in as little as two hours. It's easy to use, safe and secure. Plus, if you're a new customer, you get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Make every game Feel like the finals all season long. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app or head to FanDuel.com and sign up using favorites to bet the NBA today and get your first bet risk-free. You must be 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan call the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789 or visit 1-800-gambler.net in West Virginia shout out to Chris Raybon of the Action Network podcast who all week was telling us to bet Samaji Pirine under 14 and a half total yards. And until the last two plays of the game, I think he was in like the first series. And I think inexplicably Samaji Pirine was the guy who they were looking to get them one yard. Joe Mixon hadn't lost yards the entire day as a runner. He had as a, as a receiver, hadn't lost any as a runner. They don't give it to your, you don't give it to your best running back. You bring in a guy who maybe played 10 snaps the whole game. I don't remember seeing him in anything more than one or two. Um, you try to get him. And still when Joe, Joe Burrow was lofting it into the air on the last play of the game, he was going for Samaji P Ryan. And when it was in the air, I was thinking to myself, this is the broken play that will get Samaji P Ryan over 14 and a half total yards and I'm going to be so upset. It'll be the one thing that didn't go our way that went close. Like, you know, Stafford obviously is a tough one, but, um, but shout out to Raybon because he nailed the Samaji Piran under prop. Number one. Number two, last thing I want to say about this. Because I do want to get like, um, very quickly, obviously futures are out. We're going to go, just so people know, as we get through the next few months, we're going to go deep on NFL futures. We're going to go deep on NFL draft. Like between now and May, that is going to be a consistent theme in the podcast that Simon and I are talking about. NFL betting doesn't end 
and between free agency and the draft, the futures market is wide open. So that QB carousel that we're about to have. Exactly. Right. And so like, you're looking at Denver, you're looking at Carolina, like last year, how can you predict where Aaron Rodgers is going to be and where Deshaun Watson is going to go and all these kinds of things. I want to get to that. The one last thing I'll say about Cincinnati. It was weird to me. Look, we were, because you mentioned this, the night of the NFC and AFC title games, we got on the podcast, we did a quick video, a live video, and then, you know, cut it and um, talked about how we like Cincinnati. We didn't understand why the line was moving up. It made no sense. Cincinnati, I think only in three games this year, lost by more than three points. Um, people would say, well, it's fluky the way they keep winning in the playoffs and whatever, whatever. It's not fluky if it keeps happening. It's part of their makeup. It's part of their <laughs> offense. It's part of why they are who they are. They get down early. They're explosive. They make the right play one at a time. Joe Burrow has, you know, it's not magic. It's a skill. When things break down, he's seeing things more slowly. That's why they were the right side. It never made sense to me that this number kept growing up and the money kept coming in on the Rams. That's the last thing I'll say about it. Yeah. And again, it's, it, 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 it did. I, I, we talked about it. It made more sense to me once I hung out with other professionals and I just found how much they just love that Rams team where it's like, Okay, because we talk all the time. We said all week we made the line three. I thought the Rams should be minus three. They were the better team. They not more consistent, but there was just more there to believe in than there were on this Bengals team. But like you talked about, the the pros, they thought they had a good number. They bet it up to four and a half. We saw a touch five at a couple of books for a little while, which was crazy. But um, we talk all the time about the key numbers and a four, four and a half, that was – truly never in doubt. Like, even if they had made that extra point, we were still going to cover that half a point anyway at the four and a half. So um, I, I I want people to remember this. Like, again, that's my whole reason for being on here is there's little tips and tricks I'm giving out. That's just one we talk about all the time. We don't know how we get there, why it ends up the way it does, but three and four, for some reason, Super Bowls always end up on these numbers. They rarely ever end up on one and two. And I've heard all the the, the, <laughs> the fans coming back to me about – Matt Mitchell's Bills team playing the Giants. Um, yes, that game did land one, but my whole point was about historically it just does not land on one or two. And that's why I bet the minus two and a half on the Bengals, which was looking like a genius until the final two minutes of that game. So um, just something for people to remember in the future. It's like we had a guy on, we did a, um, a call on Twitter. I don't even know what it's called. Um, Twitter spaces. Yeah, so it's like, Something, some place where like a bunch of people can talk. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like uh, everyone can God, talk, but only one. People know what Twitter, you're the 80 year old on this call. People know what Twitter <laughs> space is. All right. So people know what it is. So basically you can have people come on and say things. And then we had a guy come on and say he was taking the Rams, just money line. And I wasn't trying to batch him. I just said, it's not a smart bet to take the minus 200, where if you're scared, you just take the Bengals. You take the points at minus 110. And that's why long-term, that's how you make money. You don't make money taken <laughs> betting 200 and winning 100 you win money by betting 200 and winning 190 so that was my whole point it's like if you were scared enough to take the rams money line you should just be taking the Bengals at four and a half and that that's something i want people to kind of remember for next year where it's like you like the dog like i do i take the spread and then instead of taking the money line i take the minus two and a half it's not i'm not reworking the wheel here it's very simple but it works for me long term as you would say simon hunter scared money don't make money Amen, brother. All right, listen, before we get out of here, real quickly, futures already out. Chiefs seven and a half to one, Bill seven and a half to one, 
Rams 10 to 1, Cowboys 14 to 1, Niners 14 to 1, Bengals 14 to 1, Packers uh, currently 16 to 1. And then there's a, you know, a, tra- a, a quartet of teams in the 20 to 22 range Ravens, Broncos, Bucks, Titans. Have you made any futures bets immediately? Oh, yeah. So, people, my, my biggest rule for making futures bet is, you never bet less than 20 to one. Okay. If you, if you're betting less than 20 to one, you are giving sports books free money because you're, you're kind of taking away your own value on betting that number. Like last year, perfect example at this point last year, I believe the 49ers were 14 to one. If you just waited, you could have got them 20 to one heading into the playoffs, which we were like literally one play away from them making a Super Bowl, the 49ers. So I never bet futures less than 20 to one. So immediately right when the market opened Pittsburgh Steelers, Love, love, love Pittsburgh Steelers. Love that they are going to be one of these teams in the market for a quarterback. They have the defense. We already know that. Right now in FanDuel, they're 70 to 1. 70 to 1 get this Pittsburgh team, which we know is one of the better defenses. All that's missing is a quarterback. They have great weapons on offense, too. So that if they can get Watson, if they can somehow get Rodgers out of the NFC and bring him to the AFC, it's like that's an immediate boost. Um you're, you're not going to be able to find my other favorite bet is right now, which, I mean, you could take the Ravens if you wanted to, a 21 to 1. But I love this Ravens value coming to this season because you're still going to have people that are going to like the Browns. And now Cincinnati is going to have all the hype coming to the season. So if we're getting the third seed in the NFC North and it's the Ravens, you know, I'm going to love that, Chad. They were the most injured team in football you're going to get really good value on a team that just will not have that same injury history next year. They'll be healthier. They're much better than their record showed this year. Um, so that's one of those people need to be in the lookout. But right now, most books, legal books, at least they're only going to have Super Bowl features. So if I'm just going to throw a shot in the dark, 70 to one uh, Pittsburgh, I, I like that number. That, that's a really good price. And then I hate to do it to us again, Chad, but we're simply just playing value here. Atlanta Falcons, 60 to one. Who's to say they're not the best team right now in the NFC South? Okay. We know the Bucs don't have a quarterback. We know Carolina sure as hell doesn't have a quarterback. So right now, 60 to one for a team that could win their division and get home field. I'll take that in Atlanta. I feel like that's good value as we sit here and a day after the Super Bowl. So Atlanta, Pittsburgh, it's gross. It's ugly, but 70 to one, 60 to one. That's great value. All right. There you have it. We've run down the Super Bowl. We've recapped our season. We've uh, confirmed our love for each other. So happy Valentine's Day. Happy on Valentine's Day. And now we have already kicked off the race for Super Bowl 57, putting futures on the Ravens, the Steelers, and we're still an Atlanta Falcons podcast. We began (laughs) the season as an Atlanta Falcons podcast. We end the season as an Atlanta Falcons podcast. This is the official bow we're putting on uh, the 2021 season. Simon Hunter, you're the best. You'll be with us all through the offseason. We're going to talk more and more. Matt Mitchell, you're the best. You'll continue producing the best, biggest sports betting podcast in the world. I am Chad Millman. This has been The Favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. Download us from Spotify, from Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, rate, review, subscribe. Until later this week, love you.